Hello, guys. Welcome to another edition of Lumia Sports. I'm here with Demetrius Mason, joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's. You already know what it is. Yep, yep, yep. Came back from a little break there. It's hectic, but hey, we're back now, and let's get into these games from a long NBA weekend. First weekend back since All-Star break, so let's get into it. On Friday, we saw the Lakers play the Pacers. Again, the Lakers still no Anthony Davis, but they were playing the Pacers, who suck, and they end up winning 105-100. Um, nice job as Kuzma scored 15 in the fourth quarter to give them the edge over the Pacers. <sighs> LeBron was chilling, 18 points, 10 assists. He's just trying to see what else everyone can do. Schroeder, only 11 on 3 of 11 shooting. Um, but for the Pacers, I mean, same old story. Sabonis, 7 of 15, 20 points. Brogdon, 12 of 20, 29. Actually, better games from them. But Holiday, Justin Holiday, 2 for 11, and that was a big reason they couldn't get it done. Um, Darnell, what would you see out of this one? Yeah, this one came down to a – it was a hot start for the Pacers. You know, uh, Malcolm Brogdon had 18 points in the first quarter. It looked like he was about to have a career night. But, you know, in the second half, you know, the Lakers, they clamped down on defense. They held the Pacers to 21 fourth-quarter points and the score of 34 themselves. Like you said, they were big night from Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma scored 24-13 off the bench. He was 3 of 6 from 3, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. And – you know, they didn't get a great game from LeBron. He was only 5 of 13 from the field, but he did have 10 assists. So it didn't really matter because, like you said, it's not a really a great Pacer team. It's, you know, they didn't have – we'll get into it later, but they didn't have Karis LeVert. So they're down the guy. They've been playing without him all year, so that's not really an excuse. But the Lakers are the better team, so they should have won this game, even though they didn't have Anthony Davis and – that's what they proved against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Dom, what were your thoughts? Yeah, pretty much similar to Darnell's. I mean, you know, we will talk about it later, but, I mean, if the team is not going to be able to play defense that well, then they're just not going to be able to do too much when they're missing one of their best scorers in Karis LeVert. Well, two of them in Karis LeVert and TJ Warren. So, until they come back, then there will continue to be struggles for this team because Sabonis and Brogdon cannot do it all on their own. Nope. No, they can't. All right. Moving on to the next game of the night. The Sixers end up beating the crap out of the Wizards, 127-101. But it wasn't all great for the Sixers here as Joel Embiid left the game with an injury. They had the entire social media world and all Sixers fans terrified. Looked really bad um, after a dunk. Looks like it's just it's not going to be as bad. Obviously, people thought it might be torn. It's just a hyperextension. Um, but Embiid ended up with 23 points, seven rebounds in the game. Tobias Harris, 14 points, eight rebounds in this one. Uh, no Ben Simmons, actually, in this one because he was still sitting out the protocol. But Shake Milton and Cork Miles both with 18 off the bench. Um, if they ever get bench production like that, now they're going to win the game. Um, for the Wizards, Russ, 25 points, eight assists, five rebounds. Um, really good game for him. Just a tough one from Bradley Beal. He was eight for 13, but only 19 points. Just, I guess, has to shoot the ball more or something. 
And for the Wizards, they just couldn't get a lot done. 18 turnovers on the game. Not great for them. So, Dom, what did you see out of this one? I was actually talking to my friend about um, the 76ers, and they were saying that Korkmaz, like, his value, he's like a real strong pick and roller with, with Dwight Howard out there. So, recently getting Korkmaz involved, even though Dwight only has six, you know, he's just been getting Dwight more involved by acclimating him within the offense more through pick and rolls and stuff. But aside from that, I mean, the team, the, the 76ers are starting to roll with whether their best players are there or not. You know, Tobias, even though he only had 14 this game, he's been a steady force. Joel's obviously been, you know, steady, steady out there. And Danny and Seth, you know, they have their games where they're on and off. But, you know, they were both they were both relatively on today. They they were pretty effective. But yeah, Shake and Corkmod both having eighteen off the bench, along with the six from Tony Bradley, Mike Scott, and Dwight Howard, you know, they just had a lot of production out there. And if Bradley only gonna score nineteen, we know he the main score. Westbrook contributed with twenty five. He had a good game, but if Bradley only gonna have nineteen, there's only so far this team's ever gonna go. So Pretty much. Uh, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, this one, uh, yeah, Don made a lot of great points. And for the Wizards, it's never going to be a formula for them to win if they only have three players in double digits. And the formula for the Sixers was obviously to let Westbrook score and try to get the ball out of Bradley Bill's hands. And a lot of teams have probably tried to use that kind of strategy, but it's hard to to do when Bradley Bill is just such a good scorer. But it seemed like he, you know, probably could have played a little more minutes. He only played 28. He didn't have any, you know, fouls. So I don't really understand his minutes. Probably because it, it was such a – the game was so out of hand. He probably didn't have to play that much. But for the Sixers, they've been getting steady contributions from all of their role players. And – Danny Green had a decent night. He was two of five from three, five of nine overall. You got Seth Curry pitching in, four of 11. That's not great, but he was one of three from three, got to the line five times. He was a plus 23. You like to see that. And for Shake Millen and Korgmaz to come off the bench and score 18 apiece, like that's a lot of scoring off, off, their, off the bench. And not a lot of teams are, are getting a punch like that from, you know, one guy, let alone two. So to have a guy like Dwight Howard also contributing with six points and 10 rebounds in his 18 minutes, it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, steady the ship while Joel's out. It looks like he'll be out a lot, you know, shorter time period than initially thought because that initially looked like that could the injury could have been a lot worse than it was. And, you know, no – no uh, Ben Simmons, but he'll be back soon, so not really worried there. So the Sixers are playing, like, probably the top two team in the East right now between them and Brooklyn. So we'll see how that shakes out. But good win for the Sixers and the Wizards. They just got to – they really they're, – they're really not on the Sixers level, so not surprised about the loss. Yeah, I think we're tapping right now. The Sixers are actually playing defense. I mean, they have been playing defense all year, but now they're really, really locking in on the defensive end. 
Um, and you saw the Wizards in the first quarter, they only scored 15. They're normally a high-paced, explosive offense. Their defense is an issue, but their offense normally, you know, very good. But this game is just not it. The Sixers came out and they said, yeah, we're just going just gonna to blow you guys out tonight. Um, and that's what happened. Uh, so moving on to the last game of Friday, the Nuggets end up being the Grizzlies 103-102. Incredible stat line here is Jokic's 28 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists. Porter gave him 21. Will Barton 21 as well, and plus 15. And somehow they win the game when Jamal Murray shoots one for 14 from the field. Um, for the Grizzlies, amen. The reason they were close, obviously, Dylan Brooks 20 points. He was only eight of 20 shooting though. Josh struggled as well, five of 16. Makes me kind of think, man, maybe those Jamal Murray defensive player of the year, hey, those conversations are kind of there. Did have 16 points and not assist, but five of 16. We've seen him do a lot better than that. But Clark off the bench, 20. Now he's back in his role. And they really are just awaiting Jaron Jackson. But they could have stolen one from the Nuggets here. Darnell, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, like you said, the Nuggets, I mean, the Grizzlies really had a chance to steal this game, but, you know, they couldn't pull it away at the end. A great, really a great night from Dylan Brooks. Well, not great, but he was only 8 for 20 and minus 12, but he had 20 points. He's been consistently around that 20-point range for them. Jai's been up and down. He's been kind of hot to start off at post-All-Star, but looked like he cooled off on, you know, this game. Jonas, 11 rebounds with his 14 points. He has a plus zero. And like you said, Brandon Clarks, he's in his role off the bench. And once they get Jaron Jackson back, they're going to be a dangerous team because this team has depth. They have a lot of, you know, like Dom always says, they, ha they have a lot of players that do similar things. So they really don't miss much when they go to their bench. So that allows them to consistently play at the same level which is, you know, rare to see in the NBA. But this was a game about the Nuggets, obviously. Really, really good night for Jokic with his 15 rebounds, 28 points. Michael Porter also contributing out there. And Will Barton was the saving grace with his 21, with his 5 of 10 from 3. If had he not made 5 of 10 from 3, he, they probably lose this game. Obviously, Jamal Murray's struggling 1-14 to 14 overall. That's just a really, really tough shooting night from the field. And the Nuggets really proved a lot by having – by proving that they can overcome a struggle from Jamal Murray because he hasn't been playing like the bubble player that he was last year. So, for Denver to go where they need to go, they're going to need him to play at the level that we know he can play at. But just – getting the contrib contributions from everybody off the bench and, you know, the other guys, then it, it's really a encouraging sign for Nuggets fans. Yeah, Jamal Murray, man, letting me down. Had this conversation with Dom. He said he's just inconsistent. I was like, he should be like the 90 overall in 2K. Not looking like it right now. But, uh, Dom, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, Darnell said pretty much, you know, everything. I mean – is, is Jamal Murray going to go out there? Again, like I always say, Jamal is the type of dude that can score 31 games in three tonight. So, you know, that's just the type of player he is. But when in those games where he has three, somebody else needs to be able to step up. And, you know, Michael Porter Jr., he's been able to – he's also been pretty inconsistent. 
but he's definitely been molding back into form. Mind you, he he came back off injury. He was pretty ass coming back off injury and and being thrown into the starting lineup. But, you know, now he's finding his role. Now he's finding his groove. He's getting, you know, he's just playing a lot better now. And if Will Barton's going to pick up the slack, then, you know, that's just going to help everything out a lot. And now they have Paul Millsap back as well. Uh, he was a minus 11, but, you know, just his presence, he, he's capable of scoring. He's capable of uh, doing everything a little bit. So, you know, him, him coming back just, you know, helps bring their rotation back to life. So. All right. So moving on to Saturday night. Um, the Bucks end up being the Wizards 125-119. No Bradley Beal in this game. Um, he was sitting out for a rest, but Russell Westbrook went crazy. Back to MVP form. 42 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds on 16 of 32 shooting. Shot 5 of 11 from deep and really tried to bring the Wizards along and win this game. Just couldn't get it done. Roy Hachimura, 29 points, 11 rebounds, 3 steals as well. Just fall up short as... Giannis ended up with a triple-double himself, 33 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Drew Holiday, 18 points, 8 rebounds. He was 6 of 18 from the field, but it was still enough to get it done. Middleton struggled as well, 16 and 8, um, but th- on 3 of 12 shooting. Bobby Portis, though, 14 off the bench, 8 rebounds, and the bench production really was the difference in this one. Um, Dom, what would you see out of this game? Yeah, you basically just said it. You know, the bench the bench came alive for for um for the Bucks and for Washington. They were missing their best bench player. Like they were missing Beal, which is obviously, you know, a big you know, a big loss for them. But if Westbrook's gonna be able to produce like that, he kinda gave if he 'cause he don't score like that when Bradley's there normally for the most part. So, like, he was kind of able to make up for both of them. And then Rui was able to, you know, make up for a lot of slack with his 29. But, you know, them missing Bertans as well. You know, if, if Bertans was out there and gave him, like, two threes, three threes, maybe they'd win this game. So, you know, they were just missing a couple people. Well, obviously, they were missing their best player. But they were also missing a couple other people that would have helped contribute to this win as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh Darnell, what did you see out of this one? I see eight players in double figures for the Bucks, led by Giannis with a triple-double. So anytime Giannis is getting high assist numbers, you know, guys are making shots and, you know, they're playing the way that they want to play. They, they've been, you know, getting Drew Holiday in the starting lineup. He was only 6 of 18 from the field, but just seeing him getting those attempts up is good. He was 2 of 5 from 3, got to the free throw line four times. So that's encouraging from that aspect because for the Bucks to go as far as they want to go, they're going to have to have Drew Holiday play at a level equal or slightly less than Chris Middleton. And I think if they can consistently do that, then they'll have a good shot against most teams. And for the Wizards, having obviously not having Bradley Bill out there is going to be tough. Russell Westbrook gave it all he could. He took 32 shots, but who else is going to shoot? And he made 16 of them, so that's great. 5 of 11 for 3, like you said. Rui, he tried to do all he could as well. He was a plus zero. That was the best. Well, not the best, but it was a lot better than Russell Westbrook's minus 18. So they really didn't have a lot of offensive firepower out there. They were missing a 
for Bertans and, and Wagner missing Bradley Bill, obviously. So they didn't have their full complement of players. So it was gonna it was gonna be an uphill battle all night, but for them to even keep it close was a positive for the Wizards. Yeah, I think it's more concerning for the Bucks that, you know, we knew the Wizards, they didn't have their best player, a guy who scores 35 a game, and they didn't have their best three-point shooter, and they still were able to put up 120. That means Drew Holiday was just getting cooked by Westbrook. And where was Giannis on these pick-and-rolls with Rui Hachimura? Like, where is my defensive player of the year at on those? He did score 33-11-11. Like, he gave you 33-11-11, but damn, bro, Rui can't get 29. He just can't. Not you. He, the dude isn't even really a shooter, so he can't just roll to the basket and just continue to kill you. If you know both of them can't really shoot. I mean, Russ hit five, but, you know, hey, man. Both of them are really just going to try. He hit three? No, you're five. Five yeah. No, no, Rui hit three. Oh, Rui hit three. So, yeah, Rui hit three. Russbrook hit five, five, but still, that's still way too many points in the paint around Giannis to me. But – Hey man, it is what it is. They end up getting the win. Um, so we'll see what happens going forward with them. Moving on, the Pacers end up being the Suns 122-111 on the return of Karis LeVert. Came back, played 27 minutes, 5-14 from the field, 13.7 rebounds. And for the Pacers, a Sabonis triple-double, 22 points, 10 assists, 13 rounds on 9 of 13 shooting. Looks like after All-Star break, he has stopped taking dumb shots, seeing <laughs> himself in the all-star game where he didn't shoot it at all um Brogdon eight for 16 25 points and Dougie McBuckets 22 points off the bench nine of 13 shooting um for the Suns a man tough loss Chris Paul two for 10 eight points 10 assists Booker nine for 20 20 points seven assists so neither one of them playing great. And that's not going to happen. It's going to be tough for them to win the game. Kaminsky started again in this one, minus eight and 13 minutes. Crowder off the bench, minus 14. So the power forwards all were just struggling out there. Um, Dom, what'd you Sarge say? Was good. Hmm? But I said Sarge was good, but the rest of them, yeah. But, um, for the most part, for the for the Pacers, I mean, like we were just saying, like we've been saying the whole time, it was gonna be hard for them for without you know Karras and TJ out there because all the attention was gonna go to Brogdon and Sabonis. So because like you know because Karras was there to at least be a distraction, it opened it opened the offense up for Brogdon and Sabonis, and it opened the offense up for McDermott as well. So you know. Just, just Karras there being a distraction, even if he didn't score that well. He missed all his threes, but, you know, they knew they had to guard him because he is capable of 40 and 50 point outbursts at any time. So, you know, but I think this is less about Indiana and more about Phoenix. It was just nobody really played that. Like, it, the thing about Indiana is they're a team that doesn't really defend that well. So for nobody to score over 20, on the team, that's kind of like it. Just seemed like they were, you know, they they just lacked the effort out there, and they do that sometimes. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it plenty of times. We've seen it against Detroit earlier in the season. We just see it like every now and again. Phoenix just kind of strolls. They can't really be doing that when they haven't made the playoffs yet. I mean, they're the number two seed right now, and Utah's been struggling so. They could, you know, sneak up into a one seat if they, if they, you know, if they take it seriously. But it just seems like 
this game was just a little just a little stroll for them. And it seemed like they probably didn't put a whole lot of effort into this one. So Darno, what were your thoughts? Yeah, for this one, it came it really came down to the third quarter. And obviously losing 35-20, you know, that's not great for Phoenix. Um, Miles Turner scored eleven in the quarter. Really out there giving DeAndre Aiden all he can handle. And Aiden just rarely has off or rarely has nights where he loses matchups. But I think he, you know, lost the matchup against Miles Turner. He had 14 and 12. Miles Turner had 16 and 8. But just those 11 in that third quarter was really, really impactful. And I think Brogdon in the second half of the season, he's been playing well coming off of All-Star. He had 25, four of six from three. Really good play from Sabonis. And just having another guy out there to, to compliment Brogdon and Sabonis, Brogdon and Sabonis is, is going to be good for Indiana as they now have a player that's a, a threat out there to score and can, you know, get some guys involved. He only had two assists, but you know, he's a capable passer. I, I was wondering if they were going to bring him off the bench or not, but they decided to just throw some in the starting lineup and put McDermott to the bench. I think they'll probably – they probably made that decision now because obviously once T.J. Warren gets back, they're going to have scoring coming off the bench regardless. So I think putting McDermott in as a shot hunter against some backups, I think he can thrive in that role. Karis Leverts at this point, they want him to be the, you know, kind of the star of the team as the main piece they got in the trade. So I think that's really where they're they're leaning towards, and I'm not really mad at it. I think to me, <clears throat> it comes down to very simply, Devin Booker is no longer fake mad about not getting the All-Star game because he got voted in and didn't play, and so he's just not quite – you see him, I mean, before, right before All-Star, but you guys remember, he wasn't shooting as many threes. He was going right to the basket. But if Chris Paul is going to still kind of try to conserve himself, he also was in foul trouble. So he had five fouls um, for a lot of the game. So he had four, four steals and five fouls. But if he offensively is going to try to conserve himself and Booker isn't going to go to the basket, you're going to see this from the Suns. And really what it was, like Darnell, like you said, if Miles Turner is going to have any production – um, against Aiton, that's really the matchup they normally don't lose. Like, even if Aiton's going up against a Jokic, they'll like he can he can kind of equalize it. They don't just lose. Like, it's never like, oh, Miles turns a plus seven and Aiton's a minus 10. Um, and that's just something that normally does not happen to them. But happened tonight, and the Pacers got a nice win. So we'll see how Levert and hopefully eventually TJ Warren come back, come back in the lineup maybe help right the ship for this team. Um, moving on, the Mavs end up being the Nuggets 116-103. In this one, Porzingis, 25 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from deep, um, leading the way. Luka Doncic, 21 points, 12 assists for him, 7 of 16 shooting. Josh Richardson, if he's going to go 4 for 5 from deep, they're going to win the game. He ended up with 20 so a big win there for the Mavs. And for the Nuggets, a, another struggle game for Jamal Murray, four for 13. He had 10, and they couldn't overcome it this time. 
Michael Porter tried, man. Four for five from three, seven of nine and 23 points. Um, Jokic, 10 for 20 from the field, 26 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds, but it just was not enough. Darnell, what'd you see out of this one? Yeah, this one, like you said, just wasn't enough because obviously the Mavs got a lot of scoring from their starters. Um, Porzingis, five of seven from three. He's been on a tear since the second half of the season, 25 points. They got 20, 20 from Josh Richardson. That's really encouraging to see because he normally doesn't go five, four or five from three on many nights. And having Jalen Brunson off the bench, contributing 12 is nice. They got 11 rebounds from Dwight Powell. Not a really great shooting night from Tim Hardaway, four of nine overall, over five from three. But anytime they can get Luca to do Luca stuff and Porzingis to play at this level, they're going to be able to beat most teams. And Denver is not a team that can play a lot of defense, obviously. They don't really have the personnel. They got uh, Jamal Murray to not have that bounce back game. Like, he's a guy that, like, like Dom said, he can go give you 31 night and then three the next. But you don't expect him to go from scoring three points to scoring 10. So that's not really what they're looking for. They got consistent – they're getting consistent scoring from Michael Porter, but – Nothing off the bench, and that's really the main problem if you look at it. Mm-hmm. Dom, what were your thoughts? I mean, it just came down to one thing for me. Like, I'm looking at it. the starters on each team, like, they pretty much equaled each other out more or less. Like, the, I think the Mavs had a little better offense from their starters, but it was pretty much give or take the same thing. The difference really came down to the bench. Denver's bench did nothing. <laughs> like anything. not like they didn't do anything. Like Dozier and Jamichael combined for ten. They had ten bench points. I mean, aside from like the people who came in like when the game was already over. But like for the totality of the game, they had ten bench points. Whereas Jalen Brunson had twelve by himself, alongside eight from Hardaway, six from Powell, and five from Burke. So, you know, Dallas just had better bench contribution than Denver did, and I think that's what it came down to at the end of the day. But, you know, Denver's still pretty hurt. They're 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 coming back and they're coming back into form, but you know, missing Monte Morris, missing Gary Harris, and you know, other people that are are, are important in, in the rotation, like missing yeah, just missing a couple people that are necessary in the rotation. They need everybody they can get since they're not that strong of a defensive team. So, Yeah, Millsap just getting back in the flow, that's another part that we got to point out. Yeah. yeah, Millsap can get in the flow without shooting it nine times, but I digress. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just, it's just a case of, hey, your best bench player can't be Frank Pazzo. And if that's if that's the dude who's gonna get the most minutes, because he he didn't even score, nor did he want to shoot, you know, but he's the only guy who could do something. He had six assists. So he's trying to just get other people involved so he at least can do something. Whereas Green and Dozier, they just kind of they flow off of Jokic and Murray. And you know, hey man, with no Morris, obviously, like Dom just said, with no with no Gary Harris to just at least put Barton on the bench, like what they used to do early in the season, it's just going to be, it's going to be tough for them to win games. 
they end up going one and two this weekend, one and one this weekend, so not bad. Um, but it just looks like they're just going to stay being one of the, around that that low six seven seed. Um, and so, so and hopefully they get people healthy um, in the postseason. All right, moving on, the Thunder end up beating the Grizzlies 128-122 and came back in the fourth quarter scoring 38 points to the Grizzlies 22. Um, in this game for the Grizzlies, they had seven people in double figures and still could not get the win. Brooks had 19, um, John Morant with 22, but it was not enough. As for the Thunder, Shea went crazy, 30 points, five assists, eight for 17 from the field. Um, they didn't have Dort. They were missing a lot of people. They didn't have Al Horford. They didn't really have anybody. Um, but Polkacheski, we say his name, 23 points, 10 rebounds. He was a player. Um, he's a rookie for them and someone who really struggled off the bench early in the season, but he went down to the G League, apparently came back up, and now he is ready to go. Um, so very interesting for them. Uh, but, Dom, what would you see out of this one? The same way Memphis had seven, uh, seven people that scored in double figures, so did OKC. Only difference was OKC seven figures, seven. I mean, uh, double digit scores were, you know, it was just a little higher. You know, where where Memphis capped at twenty two with Ja, OKC capped at thirty with Shea, and then where their next best was nineteen with Dylan. Their next OKC's next best was twenty three, but push Phuket. And then you know, Pokemon, Pokemon, so you know, they just—it was just you know, they—they—they're a pretty equal team. Like they're one of the teams that are really similar to each other. They have Shay and Jai are pretty much the same player. Their format pretty similarly. Where I mean, Memphis has more people that's like kind of identical with each other. But OKC just has a bunch of people who's capable of doing something. And again, Poke, he's the um he's the rookie. He was struggling. But you know, if he's gonna be a seven foot small forward, then you know, it's just it's just gonna be harder to do, to defend him when he when he when he gets going. And that's what was happening. They I, I was looking up like I just saw I saw an Instagram post about him. They were saying that he's basically just like he can dribble, he can he can shoot well enough, like, I don't want to say KD, but that's kind of what they were making him sound like out there. So, you know, I'm not going to call him next KD, not crazy like that, but I will say that he's supposed to be a seven-footer that's capable of doing stuff. So that's going to be hard for teams to handle if he ever gets really going, going. Oh, man, Dom called Pokemon the next KD. I think Pokosevsky has a lot of talent. He's obviously a three-level scorer. He's a seven-footer. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He can pass. He can rebound for his size. And he can stretch the floor. He has more ball skills than Porzingis. I wouldn't really say he's KD, but I see where the comparisons go there because, obviously, a, a guy that size that has perimeter skills, that's the only guy you can really think of is Kevin Durant. So having him score 23 and get 10, re 10 rebounds, that's – Amazing. He was a first-round pick last draft, and that's somebody that the, the organization is really high on. And uh, obviously, Shea's 
playing at an all-star level. He had 30 points, and they just got contributions out of all of their, you know, role players, Tyrone, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, and Kenrich Williams, all, Kenrich Williams and Derrick Miller, all in double figures, and Michael Scala close with eight points. So they got really contrib- contributions out of everybody, and this is a night where Ja wasn't on the level of Shea, and I think that was the biggest difference because you got the production from Dylan. He was close to his 20, even though he was 7 of 18 from the field. Jonas pitched in 16 and 14. You got some production off the bench. So I think the biggest, you know, difference was in star power. And, you know, I think Kokosevsky and Shea were the leaders in, you know, for the Thunder. On that man, a poke from now on. That's just, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that is what he's getting called. You can't call him AP, but a poke works. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh man. Moving on, a the Sixers end up beating the Spurs 134-99. Not gonna lie to you, man. As a Sixers fan, I did not see this one coming, especially because the Spurs are liable to beat teams, but I also didn't know there would be no DeRozan and no Aldridge. Weird, 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 only because you think, I mean, if they, if you can't go, you can't go. But, and this is one you can beat the Sixers and you might want to get the win. Um, so they ended up kind of filling out their whole roster today, playing everybody to not much success. Jonte uh, Murray, 5 of 13 from the field, 14 points. Derek White, 4 for 11, 17 points. And, you know, they just really just didn't get enough from anybody. They just got blown off the floor tonight. In this game, Tobias Harris, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Seth Curry, 21 points, 9 of 16 shooting out there. Ben Simmons, 14 points, 9 assists as well. I mean, as we've seen sometimes when the floor is more open, Ben Simmons can be a little more explosive. That wasn't really the case today. It was just... Again, the Sixers are just in a rhythm. They had 46 points in the third quarter. And for the most part, they just played defense. I mean, this whole game. So nice one for the Sixers with no Embiid. Didn't see it coming like this. Um, but Darno, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, the 46-point third quarter is the biggest thing that stands out. And, you know, having, you know, having Seth Curry and Tobias Harris Tobias Harris be the leaders in the quarter was really good to see. They had really good production out of Danny Green with his 16 points. He was a plus 24, 4 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 off the bench from 3 for Cork Maz. He's been playing at a really high level as of late off the bench. Last game, it was Shake. He has 18 coming off the bench, but this game it was Thibault who had 10. He was 4 for 4. He was in double figures. You almost had Dwight in double figures with eight and eight rebounds. So everybody really had a great night. It was the return of Ben Simmons coming off of the protocol. He was six of nine from the field with nine assists as well with his 14. And it really didn't take for him to play many minutes, neither did Tobias. So it was really over before it really began. And I was really surprised by that. I didn't think that it would, you know, turn out this way obviously it was close in the first half but obviously that third quarter was just brutal and for the Spurs not playing DeMar DeRozan anymore and trying to find a trade for him 
they're going to see if they can get some return because they don't really need it, but they can use it. And their team that's trying to push for the playoffs, we'll see how far they can go or we'll see if they can get there. And I think they're a little overmatched against the Sixers because the Sixers are, like I said, in their, uh, when we talked about their last game, they're one of the top two seeds in the East and they proved it against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Dom, what were your thoughts? I mean, it just came down to with DeRozan out, you know, the 76ers just had the best, the clear best offensive player out there and Tobias. And they had the clear best defensive player because he's the defensive player of the year and Ben Simmons. So if you're going to have the best offense and, and the best defense, then the better offense and the better defense, then there's only so much you're going to be able to do. Especially when we know that the Spurs aren't really aren't really good at handling like really athletic teams, which is why they always lose to the Grizzlies and they always lose like the Thunder. So like the 76ers are kind of on that wave too. They're really athletic. Ben Simmons is obviously, you know, one of the best athletes in the league. And Tobias Harris is a good enough athlete out there too. Like he's really strong. He's a really good finisher, stuff like that. So, you know, the Spurs just weren't able to hang. And Corkmaz really has been, you know, coming alive. You know, Corkmaz has definitely been having a lot of strong games this season, contributing, you know, with about – he's probably given them about, like, you know, 15 to 20 in at least, like, half the games they've played this season. So, Corkmaz, you know, being effective has definitely been great. And Thibault not missing a shot. You know, that's always going to help them out because Thibault really don't even score like that. So if he's going to play good defense and go four for four from the field, that's just going to be a recipe for success for Philly. Yeah, I'm happy Korkmaz isn't playing like a bum for the time being. But, hey, man, like I said, yeah, Sixers look great, yada, yada, yada. I still approach this entire team with caution, will not get my hopes up, refuse to do it until I see them in the playoffs. Like I said, I think it's a thing. I think it's a. I think it's a team that's going to get to the conference finals and lose. I mean, they shouldn't lose to Milwaukee or Miami, but you never know what can happen. Um, but a nice, good win over a team, you know, in the Spurs that you know they tried to fight. Just they they stayed close enough at halftime, but then it's got the doors beat off of them. So it is what it is. Moving on, the Warriors end up being the Jazz one thirty one one nineteen. Um, in this game, Gobert really tried to do everything he could. 24 points, four blocks, 28 rebounds. It just wasn't enough. Uh, Conley, 23 points, six assists as well, an 8 of 15 shooting. Donovan Mitchell, 24 points on 7 of 18, but a minus 26 out there. Tough scene from him. Derek Favors went out there in 16 minutes, and he was a minus 23 as well. And Clarkston, 9 of 23, not very efficient night for him. 21 points out there. Just wasn't getting it done. For the Warriors, it was really two guys leading the way in the starting lineup and two guys off the bench. In the starting lineup, it was Wiggins, 28 points on 12 of 16 shooting. Curry, obviously, doing what he does, 32 points, nine assists as well. Draymond with a triple-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, and a plus 19 for all three of those guys. For the bench, Wiseman, 8 for 11 out there, 16 points, 4 rebounds. 
and Jordan Poole, an explosion, 18 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 for 5 from deep for him. So, Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Yeah, it came down to five players for Golden State, and those five players all played great. Plus 19 for the three starters, and Wiseman and Poole off the bench, a minus four and a plus four, respectively. And, you know, obviously the Jazz the Jazz have been struggling as of late. I don't want to say they've been – well, I shouldn't say they've been struggling, but they haven't been playing at the level that they did to start the season. They've kind of fallen back a little bit towards the mean. I didn't think that they – they probably weren't as good as we as they showed earlier in the season, but I don't think they're as bad as they've played as of late either. So they're somewhere in the middle. Um, I think they obviously need to get to figure out how to get Donovan more efficient scoring nights because he's been really inefficient and as they've really tried to fall, fall him back towards the pack a little bit. And with the return of Mike Conley, it seems like the size in the backcourt has been a difference against certain teams. And Clarkson, he's somebody who, when he's great, he's great. When he's shooting off, it's, you know, it's not that great. So they really are going to live and die with whatever he does. So a 9-23, that's not great. He was a plus six, so I'm probably being a little too hard on him. Looking at Joe Ingles, I probably should be pointing to him a little more. He played 30 minutes, and he was only 8.7 assists. And I just feel like they're missing one of their key pieces. I don't know what piece they're missing, but there's somebody that's just – no, they, they really got everybody in their lineup. Yep. But it just seems like defensively you just can't get stops. And obviously Steph Curry exploded 32 points. Six of nine for three. He's going to do that on most nights against most players. And I think for Golden State, whenever they have Draymond in double digits assists, that's really a recipe for them to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Real quick on your Jazz point, the Jazz have lost four out of their last six. So they are indeed on the struggle bus, especially for a team that's 28 and 10. Uh, Dom, what are your thoughts? I mean, again, it's like it's like I've been saying. It's like most people have been saying. It's just their two best scorers are inefficient as hell, and they play with a lot of continuity amongst each other. But they don't really have a lot of high end talent. They have one borderline superstar. They have the sixth man of the year, and they have a great defensive player, a great rebounder who's capable of, you know, scoring when he when he's just right next to the rim. But, I mean, they're just going to have games where sometimes they're just – sometimes they're just out-talented. And, you know, Golden State just had the best player on the floor with Steph Curry. And then, you know, normally if Wiggins or Oubre struggles, it's going to be a challenge for them because normally, you know, they normally score around the 15 to 20 range amongst each other. But even though Kelly struggled, only had seven, Wiggins was able to pick it up with 28. And, you know, the fact that Poole was able to help them out was 18. And then Wiseman was able to contribute 16. And even Pascal giving them nine, you know, their bench just came out with strong production. And I think that's what really helped them a lot as well. But, you know, Golden State just has high. And then obviously Draymond's triple-double as well. Helped out a lot. 
But, you know, Golden State just has a little bit higher end talent than the Jazz does, so. I think for me, I've been saying it, and it's weird because he did have 29. He had 23, sorry. And he was a plus nine out there. Six assists. I just think Colleen's starting lineup ruins his whole team. Because if it's Ingles, they're going to shoot more threes. And I mean, Bogdanovich struggled. He was one for seven out there. But they're also going to have the height to where it's not just Bogdanovich being the wing player. And it's not just him and Royce. It's like they have three wing players because they're none of them are like that athletic or that good defensively. But if there's all three of them out there, it just gives them a combined level of height and shooting that kind of offsets whenever Donovan's inefficient and that Rudy can't shoot or get out to the outside. But with Conley, they just lose both of those things, and that just seems to be the whole problem. Because even though he can get his, it's like now Bogdanovich isn't the same. Now their defense isn't the same. So the Warriors with 131, and normally that doesn't really happen to the Jazz. Um, so I think that that's – but they're not going to do it. You know, we know that they're not going to do it. They can't put Conley on the bench, not after he wants to be an all-star. So it's going to be a problem, and it's probably going to derail the whole season. Who knows? But to me, that's just – just what I've seen, they went on an eight-game winning streak with no Conley, and there's a reason that that doesn't just happen by accident. But it is what it is. Well, they were on that big winning streak while he was there as well. Like, at first, he got hurt around, like, he got hurt. I think they were on, like, an 18-game win streak, and he got hurt towards, like, 12 games in. So they did win, like, 12 streak with him out there, too. So I don't want to put all the blame on him. You don't have to. That's why I did it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, hey man, moving on. <sighs> gonna go here first, only because I think the other one's gonna be a little funnier, but not much. The the Timberwolves end up beating the Trailblazers one fourteen to one twelve, despite Damian Lillard with thirty eight points, twelve of twenty one shooting, and Carmelo six of fifteen. 16 points from the field, you know, it's pretty much what he's going to give you. Who's a plus eight out there as well? Gary Trent, six for 14, 21. But they really just didn't get anything from Cantor. Um, two for eight from the field. He did have 11 rebounds, but it was a minus 11 out there. Derrick Jones is also a minus 11. So they just couldn't get it done. For the Timberwolves, they had just lost them Saturday by four. But this game, one man came out crazy. Vanderbilt was nice. He had 12. They had five other people in double figures and they did need all of them but it was really anthony edwards 34 points four rebounds 12 of 24 shooting six of 14 from three and i'm willing to say it right now man just 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 trade russell just trade d'angelo just let just let him have it let anthony just go let, let him just do whatever he's going to do and just get some wing players man we can't have layman going out there i don't care Let's get some wing players and just call, just call it a day, man. Um, but, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one? It's your boy. It's your guy. <laughs> I mean, you know, so Portland, Portland only beat them by four the last game. So, like you had said, so obviously Minnesota was capable of hanging with them, as we know. Portland's a team that, you know, they've been they've been dealing with injuries, especially injury to, you know, at least their second best player, if not their best player, and CJ. So, you know, 
they've been dealing with some with, with with a bad injury, but they've still been able to keep afloat. But at the end of the day, it's still a team that doesn't play great defense, and they kind of require on everybody to have some form of high end scoring. And Covington really stepped up with his nineteen. He doesn't normally give you nineteen, so the fact that he was able to do that was, you know, impressive. And you know, Trent coming out with twenty one, Carmelo having sixteen. They're going to need a little more from Simons. You know, Simons wants to be that big. You know, he wants to be it. And he's tr- and he tries most times. But, you know, Terry Stosh just didn't give him the minutes. He only played 11 minutes this game. Derrick Jones Jr. went out there with a big fat zero and stuff like that. So, you know, they just didn't have the, the offense tonight. And it was pretty much around the same score. I'm pretty sure the score yesterday was like – I mean, the, the, the score the day before was like 111 to 115. So it's like these are pretty much what they do. But this time, you know, Ant got the better of them. You know, they were they were about to choke this game, though. I saw they were up like eight. They were up like uh, eight with like a minute and a half left. And they just kept fucking up. They, they, they snuck away with a two-point win. But, you know, they just had a, such a big lead. And, you know, Lillard tried. Lillard hit a Lillard hit a three, obviously, to, you know, bring them closer to within the win, but they just weren't able to do it at the very end. So but yeah, everybody in Minnesota for the most part played pretty well. I mean Rubio only shot three for ten, but you know, he went eight for eight from the free throw line. Okogi didn't make any shots, but he went ten for eleven from the free throw line. So, you know, the the free throws definitely just the, the free throw difference was really the main difference. The Minnesota hit 12 and Portland only hit 17. I mean, no, Minnesota hit 29 and Portland only hit 17. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnell, what were your thoughts? Yes, yeah, so it was a really interesting game. Um, obviously, Ant-Man came alive with his 34 points, his four rebounds, two assists. Not somebody that's going to get a lot of assists, so – Getting two is out there with his with his thirty four. That's nice. But six of fourteen from three. Obviously, he can make the three ball a little bit. He can create off the dribble. I think that's really been impressive from that man. And you know, just having Carl Anthony Towns out there with him. He had eight assists with his eight rebounds and thirteen points. He just has you know a veteran out there that's been there before, that's played at all star level, that knows how to get it done, and can you know kind of show him the way a little bit. And they're they're really trying to hold it down while until Malik Beasley can get back. You told them to get some wings. That's one wing that they'll have. They do have Jared Culver. They invested some draft stock in him. They drafted him pretty high, but I don't think he's the answer. They probably need somebody else upcoming in this draft. And for the Blazers, there's somebody that when they win games, they don't win games by a lot of points. Most of their games have been close anyway. So not really surprised to see that Minnesota can hang with them, but they got all they could from Damian Lillard. He had 38, 21 from Trent, 19 from Covington. But like you guys said, if Cantor is going to be two of eight and only give them four points in a minus 11, they're probably going to lose. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, Cantor, you got to score more than four if Carl Anthony Towns is going to be on you. I'm sorry. Or Vanderbilt. <laughs> no. I don't care who was on you. We just need, no, need I have a qu- So with Malik Beasley, is he even going to be like 
you know, around to be on the roster. <laughs> he is going to jail. I don't know, man. So, <laughs> so like we're know. saying when Beasley comes back, but I mean <laughs> if he got he got, you know, he gotta be outside. He got to he got suspended for eleven games or for twelve games, but he's supposed to be sentenced to jail time at the end of the season once and I think part of that can be served at home or something like that. So we'll see how that so does that out. mean he'll still does that mean he'll still be able to work? He'll still be he'll still be able to play the season, I think, but that's all I know. I think the big thing is is he, is he going to be able to work out even like he's going to be able to practice? Oh, you can. Oh, you can work out in jail. He's not in jail. Uh, it, that's why I say I think out. he'll be able to do uh, house arrest or something like that. So yeah. he should be allowed to know. go to we'll the see. gym. He should be allowed to go to like a gym, maybe by himself, but a gym regardless. Do y'all remember when KCP had the ankle monitor? No. Yeah. Yeah, he did have an ankle <laughs> monitor like a like a couple of years ago. He could only play home games. <laughs> yeah, he could. Oh yeah, that was what happened. He could only play home games. Crying. KCP the goat. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Amen. Moving on. This is the moment. This right here really is the moment that everyone has been waiting for. The Pelicans beat the Clippers 135 to 115. Oh, man. In this one, amen. Kawhi, 23 points, 9 of 13. Paul George, 5 of 14. 1 of 8 from 3 with 15 points. Um, Reggie Jackson at 18. Uh, Ibaka played eight minutes. He left with an injury. Uh, the bench, nothing. Lou Williams, 14 minutes, six points, minus 13. They were all bad, though. Marcus Morris, minus 14 in 20 minutes. Bunch of just nothing. Uh, for the Pelicans, Zion went crazy. 13 for 16, 27 points, five assists for him. Brendan Ingram was efficient tonight, 7 to 12, 23 points. And Lonzo, 20 points, eight rebounds, five assists, five of eight from deep. Seems like they finally figured it out, and Eric Bledsoe decided, you know what, I'll just pass the ball eight times, get a assist and stop shooting dumb shots. Um, and that really has been the difference. Also, hey, man, J.J. Redick isn't going to play. Makes it a lot easier for everyone else. 17 points for Jackson Hayes, plus 14, 13 for Hart, and 13 for Lewis Jr., so, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, the, the Pelicans have obviously been playing well as of late, two straight blowout wins. Really surprising to get this one, though. Um, 27 from Zion. Zion's just 26 points in the paint. He was one of two from the free throw line, the other, only other basket he had. And when he plays like that, he was just unstoppable. Like, they really had no answer for him. He was getting guarded by Patrick Peterson, and it was just so bad. He would blew by the baseline one play, dunked it, and Patrick Patterson's just looking at everybody like, where's my help? Everybody's looking back at him like, 
what do you mean help? Like, what do you want me to jump? And yeah, it was bad. Lonzo, Lonzo, somebody that's been, you know, he's been making histories this season and as of late. He's been kind of, you know, getting going strong in that area and continuing that trend. He was five of eight, three of six for Ingram from three with his 23. They got production off the bench. And it really came down to the Clippers just not having any consistency and any, you know, they got good numbers from Kawhi with his nine of 13, but they just were low impact buckets and he just was missing. A, he was, even though he was nine of 13, he still missed a couple easy ones that you just normally think he would make. It was just that kind of night. Paul George, five of 14, one of eight from three, obviously he struggled. And anytime they don't get, you know, some production from either Serge or Batum to complement those two, it's really going to be a struggle for the Clippers. And I just think this is another night that proves that Paul George is not a superstar and he's not on the level and the Clippers don't have a real big two. So they're, even though they're 25 and 15, they have a lot of flaws that are obvious. Not a superstar anymore. Those days are long gone. Yeah. Dom, what are your thoughts? I mean, for me, man, man, I'm gonna lie to you, man. I was low key upset because I saw, I saw at halftime, I saw L ball, N O, my fucking fourteen points, five of like six from three. I just want to see it happen one time, man. I just want to see a thirty piece one time. No, I really do. I just want to see it happen one <laughs> time. What's Lonzo Ball's career? But, 29. It is 29. Wow. Hilarious. He went to he did it his second <laughs> game. His set his second game in his career against Phoenix. I remember that one. Wow. But um but um I really I really do think the big difference in New Orleans, it hasn't been Lonzo, it hasn't been Ingram, it hasn't been Zion, it hasn't been Bledsoe, it hasn't been Steven Adams. It's been Jackson Hayes. Ever since he got benched for Willie Hernan Gomez. I don't think he's missed a shot. <laughs> like, I think I think he's come back and dead ass has not missed a shot since he got benched. He's like, fuck no, I'm better than him at least. Damn it. Y'all drafted me. Y'all fucking drafted me in the first round. Like shit. Like I I can I can be that. <laughs> I can be better than that. Like the Knicks gave up on him, the Hornets gave up on him. Shit. Uh, I'm here, and I really do think the main difference has been Jackson Hayes. You know, Josh Hart is normally a, a, a studying force for them. He's kind of one of their one of their keys as well. And you know, Alec, they they uh, clearly they, they don't believe in Alexander Walker, but they do believe in Kerry Lewis Jr. And they let him get you know they let him get some playing time. They let and he's he played really well at 13. You no, know, but. For the Clippers, I mean, you know, normally we like to say Pat Bev, you know, Pat Bev, this, Pat Bev, that. Pat Bev would have had no impact. I mean, I don't think they will lost by 20, but, you know, I don't, I don't think he's been the difference in this game. But obviously, their two best players need to be better. You know, Kawhi scored 23 on 9 of 13 shooting. And, you know, 
Paul George had 15, 5 of 14 shooting, one for eight from three. You know, he's pretty bad. Lou Will Fourth is pretty turnover. bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this man's all going off, Paul. <laughs> I, I don't even think – I think it was it, – it was it was less of even the offense, though, man. These two dudes, man, all of them, really, they just can't play defense. They don't guard anything. <laughs> that, that's real. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, nobody can guard Zion. That's pretty clear at this point. If he's going to go 13 to 16 every single night. But, you know, they let Ingram have a they let Ingram have a good game. Obviously, they let Lonzo have a good game. I mean, Clippers were just outmatched tonight, you know. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Paul George, you can't get cooked by Lonzo, bro. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about anything the fuck else. Hey, man, didn't he cook? Didn't he cook Drew? Bro, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Drew is not Paul George. Like, or maybe Drew is Paul George. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, maybe. Oh, shit. Maybe. <laughs> These do look like quite Drew stats right here. These do look like Drew Holiday stats right here. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even comp. I can't even get through a clean roast of man. I'm just laughing too hard at the stat line. Oh, <laughs> okay, the, the problem mean, was liable to give. Hey man, I saw that man lose by fifty. I, I lost complete faith after that. <laughs> it's not even about faith at this point. It's more so about here's what it is. It's about it's about gearing up to this grand finale. <laughs> it's it's like it's like, bro. I see it. See I know what's round. coming. <laughs> the first round exit or second I round see exit? It coming. I don't know. I honestly let me look at the standings right now. It's but like you know man, Paul George really is. But you know he's gonna be the the reason. <laughs> Paul George really is in playoff form already. He They're said fourth. he said, Don't let the all-star game confuse you. Yeah, right now, but they would play the Nuggets in the first round. <laughs> losing to them. <laughs> it's not beating them. There's no way. It would either be the Nuggets or the Trailblazers. I want to see them play the fucking Trailblazers so bad. So I was going to say we all like, we we all need them to play the Trailblazers. The world needs them to play the Trailblazers. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Lillard already ruined Lillard already ruined Paul George. Would he ruin Kawhi if if they lost that series? Yeah. Because he ruined Paul George and Westbrook in the same in the same series. Well, what happened? So Paul is, George is already dismantled. Er, dismantled. Well, what happened is, is Kawhi would. Because what more can you say about Paul George at this point? Nothing. That's why I didn't say anything. I just laughed. I didn't say anything. There's nothing to say. No, no, no. That's, no I'm not saying you. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, what, what, what more could people, people in general, like, what could they say about Paul George that hasn't already been said at this point? Dame already ruined that man's whole like legacy. So now, now it falls on Kawhi. Now Kawhi got to do it because he ruined Westbrook and Paul George at the same time. He he broke up the whole team. He 
He put Westbrook on the Wizards, bro. <laughs> this man Damian Lillard put Westbrook on the Wizards. <laughs> put Westbrook on. The... It would ruin Kawhi. Kawhi would leave. I'm telling you, he'd be gone. Nah, not not to what, not to them. What about people's perception? What, what would people's perception of Kawhi be? It would be like, damn, he really because Kawhi because Kawhi's perception is is dwindling. Yeah, it would be. Is he top five? Uh, maybe we should look back over those two championships. But it would all, it would also be he was playing with Paul George. So yeah. he's going. He's going to leave. He's going to be gone, and then whatever happens, happens. That's what's going to happen. Where he going to go? I don't know. Golden State go is to- right there. The Warriors really are right there. Should go. Go there. I don't know if they have right there, in LA. He would just gets harassed as much as he want. Then they'd have Clay back. So he wouldn't. Nah, I think, what people I think, but do, do you think they would look at him like a hoe? They already do. They did when he went Kawhi? to Clippers. Some people did. Depends I don't know why. Kawhi should just stay put. <laughs> That's all he had to do. <laughs> All he had to do was just stay in Toronto. They would have won. I don't know if they would have beat the Lakers, but damn it, <laughs> they would have got there to play them again. That would have been easy. <laughs> they would have fucked. They would have fucked the Heat and the Celtics up with Kawhi there. Yeah, because that Siakam would have been stupid. I don't know, man. The Heat would have been a tough out. I think the Heat would have been a tough out for the. I mean, for the Raptors. I think Kawhi. I think Kawhi leaving the Raptors. Did more for Jenny, Jimmy than anybody else. That helped Jimmy more than anybody else in the entire league. Yeah, I don't know if because uh, yeah, then Kawhi and Jimmy would have been about even. Jimmy probably would have been a little better, but then it would have been like, all right, is Kyle Lowry better than Drogic? Yes. Is Fred Van Fleet better than Hero Duncan? Yes. Bam would have been better than the centers, but not by a lot. And Siakam. It really would have come down to Siakam and Crowder, actually. Siakam would have been useful again. I think Siakam would have been. No, Crowder would have been right there. Being in the way. It would definitely be interesting, though. Yeah, especially because Serge was still there at that point, too. It was the same team. It just would have been Kawhi instead of. It just wouldn't have been Kawhi there. <laughs> Not even instead of Kawhi just wouldn't have been there. Yep. Yeah. So you still would have had Norman OG too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I just Yeah, and OG didn't even play when they won the title. Yeah. The whole playoffs. That's yeah. crazy. That is pretty crazy. So if Kawhi was still bro. That the Kawhi leaving Kawhi leaving Toronto did more for Jimmy. Hey man, he might go back right now. Because I still think even if because let's say he was still on Toronto at this point. Cause let's say he was still on Toronto at this point. Like he's like there's no way they would they would do anything to Brooklyn still. But on on and 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 the thing with him, the thing with Kawhi on Toronto. Was that everybody on Toronto already played defense? So Kawhi really didn't have to play that hard on defense in Toronto. 
But since nobody on the Clippers plays defense aside from Pat Bev, Kawhi really do have to try hard shit. <laughs> he just don't be feeling like it. I don't know if he just don't got it no more, if he just don't feel like it because he got to do so much on offense. But it was just a lot. It was his defense. All right, man. Thank you, Dom, for the Raptors soliloquy. Man, Paul George really opened up his brain to what could have been. But now, here we go. Let's talk about what was. Darn now, you know what to do. Layer of the weekend, game of the weekend, coach of the weekend, dickhead of the weekend. Who you got? All right, for my player of the weekend, I'm just going with Zion Williamson. He had 27 against the Clippers, but he had another dominant game against the Cavs previous game. Not really, you know, surprising there, but the way he's just been dominating and there's been no answer for him and he's been doing it all in the paint, it's been really intriguing to see, and that's my player. For my game of the weekend, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Minnesota-Portland, and Portland – or, yeah, Minnesota wins 114-112. For my coach of the weekend, I'm going to go with Doc Rivers for getting two victories in a row without Joel Embiid. For my dickhead of the weekend, I got to go with the Orlando Magic for two. They they were tied. It was a tie. It was no. They were down three. They had a chance to tie the game, and you just saw two air balls from three point line, and they turn the ball over. Jimmy Butler gets a steal. The Miami Heat go up five and win the game. So that's my dickhead of the weekend. All right. Nice, nice. Dom, what are yours? My player of the weekend is Ant-Man on the Minnesota Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards. Um, my coach of the weekend would be Doc Rivers. My game of the weekend would be Milwaukee versus Washington. I'm going to give it that one. My dickhead of the week one of the weekend. I already know who yours going to be, so I'm not going to say it. No, and I'm going to let you do mine it. Mine is not going to be who you think it is. Oh, well, I don't have one, though. So. All right. Yeah. We're just going <laughs> to let Paul George right off the hook like that. We are going to let Paul. It's, it's, it's too early. It's too, too early. early. He's already in postseason form, though. Right it's not postseason yet. He wants it. <laughs> not postseason yet. So you know what? Begging. So you know what? Not postseason um, yet. Enough. Hey man, my sorry with my game of the weekend definitely would be Timberwolves, Blazers. Um and my player of the weekend would be Anthony Edwards. He went crazy. Can't can't even. It was for me. It was I'm looking at the ESPN, like, you know, they normally have three, like, videos that come with it. All three of the videos were all Anthony Edwards. Tells you all you need to know right there. <laughs> and yeah. one of them was him hitting Carmelo, a, a shot over Carmelo, and then doing the Carmelo celebration. I was like, yep. this doesn't care. You don't care. Nope. care. At all. It's amazing. Even a little bit. <laughs> inspiring. Inspiring, <laughs> honestly. Inspiring. I don't know if I'd say it. It's, it's not it's inspiring. Like the, the lack of the lack of fucks this man gives to still be a number one draft pick, bro. It's it's like I'm in awe. I just wish. 
I really wish I could just I really wish you could just not care that much. <laughs> well he doesn't. Yeah, that's legendary. Um my coach of the weekend will be Doc Rivers as well for tricking everyone yet again as we get. He is also in playoff form. Just just not seeing it yet. I'm telling you guys. He's tricking everybody into thinking Tobias Harris is the MVP. That's what he's tricking. <laughs> him and the, him and for some reason with or without fans, they have fans back now, but they are 17 and three at home, 10 and nine on the road. Oh, you know what that means. We gotta go to a game. Hmm. Oh, we yeah, that's a good game. Yeah, that's true. 76 is good. Take a good one. And lastly, my dickhead of the weekend. No, Paul George, you get saved this weekend from somebody else. This man, Jamal Murray, 13 points. He had less points all weekend than Kyle Kuzma did in the quarter. He went out there and shot wow. a combined five for 27. What are we doing, Jamal? What are we doing actually i forgot i forgot who my dickhead of the of the of the weekend was he was he was also he was also my dickhead of the day last time i just need to let everybody not forget myers leonard is still dickhead of the week myers leonard is still is earned dickhead of the week and that will and for every every time there's not an answer, it will always be Myers Leonard. <laughs> hey, that's good stuff right there. <laughs> no, nah, that's podcasting right there. <laughs> and don't forget, my my last dickhead of the day was my Haluk for the Detroit Pistons, and he got shipped out the next day. So <laughs> I feel I feel vindicated for that. <laughs> <laughs> he did get traded straight the next day. <laughs> for Diallo too <laughs> they actually got somebody for him too yeah alright well thank you guys for listening man we appreciate it so much we finally got us back together um hey man we're getting ready for that second half of the season um we're gonna do it a little bit better than the Clippers hopefully when we get to the playoffs <laughs> but you know, we won't do it better then Tobias Harris. <laughs> I mean, and the and the and the uh and the 76ers. Uh, for Darnell Jones and for Dom, this was Demetrius, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Later. Triple D's deuces.